Okay, hold on. What's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome to the Get the Bag podcast. I'm your host, Gladia Castro. Got my co-host, Tim Park. Hey, fam. What's going on? What's going on? Uh, so this is a really exciting topic. We're at episode 40. We're approaching that 50 mark, which is kind of crazy um, how quickly it's gone. And um, I'm also joining live. So whoever wants to tap in, you know, can join in uh, trying to start, you know, for people that maybe can't catch us on YouTube. I'm, we know you're on uh, Instagram. So um, feel free to, uh, you know, tap in with us. This topic is going to be really key. I think a lot of, especially in the wholesaling world, a lot of people, um, you know, are finding a hard time when it comes to offers or, you know, just making yourself uh, stand out when it comes to throwing out offers. And uh, so we're going to talk about how you can really utilize creative finance when it comes to um, your offers, standing out, getting people involved. So um, we're going to unfold that a little bit mo more today. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so is it something you've, because I know it's even on, in the commercial world, uh, creative finance is very often utilized and, but people don't really talk about it like that. They just think like, you know, over a million dollars, $50 million deals, like you don't really consider that. Um, mm -hmm. But it's it's pretty common from what I understand. Yeah, it's very common in the commercial real estate realm, I guess. And um, I've seen it and a lot of brokers maybe approach you to say this is a deal where the seller is willing to finance the um, the actual you know, building or multifamily or whatever the case may be. It's, it's definitely, I think actually the creative financing came from the commercial because, you know, commercial is so kind of relaxed and, and some of the regulations on how do you do a commercial deal that mm -hmm. um, it kind of spilled over into residential and, you know, off market deals where you have a little bit more flexibility instead of an on market deal. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, providing this solution to some of these sellers that are off market and need to sell their house, depending on their situation, it might work for them because they want maybe a uh, mailbox money coming in on a monthly basis and then getting a payout later on on the full price that they're looking for. So and, you right. know, there's different creative ways to do that or terms, um, as you will we'll talk about today. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's been around for a long time, uh, from what I understand. And uh, I, I learn something new every day. So it's not something where, um, you know, we want to say we're, uh, we're exact experts at it, but we've gotten really good at understanding the knowledge uh, and what's what's needed. And even for me, like I'm always trying to perfect my craft. So I'm like, how can I relay it better to sellers in, in my conversations with them? Um, and so just kind of asking the people who are using uh, seller finance or subject to any creative finance strategy, uh, I'm asking them questions like, hey, how are you how are you pitching it? How are you formatting your com or framing your conversations? Um, but before we kind of dig into that, I'll we'll kind of go over the various strategies that are used in creative finance and uh, what each one of those means. And then also uh, mention how you can use um, 
I guess how you can form or frame it to sellers, like what what's kind of a conversation piece. And of course, uh, we'd love to answer any questions that you have uh, related to it. Because, guys, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of opportunities out there. Mm-hmm. Um, when you just have one option of a cash offer, you're just not working with much. You got to give the seller options. Um, and it varies on their situation as well. Uh, but yes, tap in with us, uh, like us on YouTube, subscribe. We're on here every Wednesdays. Um, but to start off with, uh, the most common one that's like really kind of been the hot topic is seller finance. Um, and, and what is seller finance? Seller finance is if the owner owns a property free and clear, that means there's no mortgage, um, nothing on 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 the property itself. So what makes this really flexible and really easy to understand um, because people get that confused with subject to, uh, but seller finance, if they own it free and clear, and this is why it's so important when you're going through your questions with the seller is understanding. Mm-hmm. One of the questions is like, hey, do you own the property free and clear? Um, and that initial call should really be gathering as much information. Um, it's really rare where you're giving something an offer on that first conversation. Uh, you want to kind of do a follow-up and, and hand off, you know, especially if you have a team member, but just so you can kind of analyze it on your own and, and understand it. Um, because there's a lot of things to consider when it comes to sell, seller finance. And that's an easy jump to ownership as well. Like any one of us can can buy a house on seller finance. Um, from what I understand, you need uh, in the agreement, you have your terms of what you agree. Uh, you're mm-hmm. creating a note with a title company uh, that they're setting up and they're um, and they're just saying, hey, Gladia will pay Tim every month based off of these terms. Um, and then it's just uh, the, uh, the deed that's passed over from Tim to me. Um, so it's, it's very straightforward. And if you have a very, and we talked about this, I think last week, you have to have a really strong title company that understands that's done seller finance. So as you're kind of going through asking, um, uh, title companies, you need to be like, Hey, have you done seller finance deals before? Mm -hmm. And I'll also ask around. Um, but this is such a great tool and strategy because again, um, you don't need to qualify for a loan. You don't have to, uh, you know, have a history, a work history. It's, it's just between you and the seller. Um, now there's a lot of fine tunes in it, um, that people don't really talk about, like the entry costs. Like if you do move forward, uh, and want to purchase the property seller finance, uh, sometimes the seller wants some money down, uh, you mm-hmm. want to get it the least down as possible. Um, but you have to consider too, if you're moving forward with it, you have to buy the property. Uh, so there's closing costs sometimes um, is if the property needs to be fixed up, you got to also allocate those costs. So it's never like a zero entry um, cost to seller finance. You have to pay something. Um, so this is where some people sometimes get a private lender to help mm-hmm. with like a down payment the cost, like maybe 20,000 down to give to the seller, cover the closing costs, cover, um, you know, fixing up the property. Um, but it's, it's still a pretty low entry compared to having to put down a down payment in and of itself, like, you know, 5% or however much is needed and then qualifying for a loan. Um, but that's like, if you want to buy it, like there's a whole other side, if you want to wholesale it, um, exactly. Uh, so have you, Tim, have you kind of, uh, I, I know you haven't really worked out a residential deal doing seller finance, but, um, you want to share kind of in terms of wholesaling, like what, what that looks like? 
Yeah, sure. Um, I think the cool thing about seller financing is it's, you know, versatile. So basically you can take it down yourself or you can wholesale the deal. So you can package the deal, do the terms and everything, and then flip that seller financing agreement to um, another, you know, uh, buyer, cash buyer or um, investor as well that looks for deals like that because it just gives them a chance to um, maybe get somebody in there that didn't qualify for a loan or didn't, um, but has a stable job and they feel confident that they can make um, the mortgage payment. So, um, you know, those are some of the easiest ways to do that. I know like in uh, like people like Pace Morby has courses on how to, you know, flip, you know, seller financing, even sub to what we'll talk about later as well. Mm -hmm. But um, it is definitely a situation where you don't have to um, do seller financing and then take it down yourself. There's, you can make money by flipping it to another investor as well too. So um, that's why I, I kind of love, that's why I love real estate just because there's these different scenarios, um, that help the seller out. And, um, you know, it's not just a cash buy. It is, you know, it can be, you know, seller financing sub two or, um, you know, things that are coming new to our space that we're, we're continuing to ner- learn, right? Right, exactly. So it's a, what's really great and really straightforward. And this took me forever. Like, how do I, like, what do I do if I want to wholesale it? Cause you know, if you're just starting out, you probably want to close, you know, more wholesale deals to like get, collect capital. And then as you start getting more deals, you can use that to like buy properties. So, um, you, right. you get anything is assignable. So if you have your contract mm-hmm. that says it's assignable, you can assign anything, um, to anybody. Uh, so, the way it works is as long as it's assignable, you can assign the agreement with this uh, seller for owner finance, seller finance, uh, and you get paid as the wholesaler on the down payment. Um, right. So let's just say, hey, the seller wants 5000 down. Um and you can even finance that down payment, which is like or the buyer can. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's where it's like you kind of uh, cut down your entry costs. Um, but if you want, if you're a wholesaler, you want to get paid on a seller finance, um, the, it's all on the down payment. So say if the seller wants 5,000 down mm-hmm. and I, my fee is 10,000, then that means the buyer has to come in with 15,000 down. Right. Right. Um, so in the assignment agreement that you have with the seller, it'll say, um, you know, it, when you break down the, the cost, it'll just say $10,000 to assignee, um, I believe. And that's kind of, and then the, the title company takes care of the rest. So it's really, really straightforward. Um, and it's really easy to explain. It just takes practice in terms of framing a seller finance. Um, Cause once you know, okay, the owner doesn't um, owns it free and clear, there's no mortgage. I know what to pitch next. So the first initial call should not be, you shouldn't be giving an offer really, unless the seller is like super, um, 
just really motivated to sell. Right. Um, right. But you really kind of want to break down. It's like, okay, typically, you know, we, we always come in as a cash offer first um, and we like to share options. Are you open to this? And then the next conversation can be, um, you know, you still want to throw out a cash offer because you just mm -hmm. never know. Um, but the cash offer is always going to be lower than what your seller finance, because with seller finance, you can actually offer a bit more if it makes sense. Obviously you want to make sure you have like, okay, what's the expenses for, um, you know, fixing up the property? What's, are there tenants in there? What's the rent? Mm -hmm. uh, and you want to like, you know, kind of break down the numbers. So that does take time to understand. And that's where I, we recommend watching Pace Morby's videos. He has a ton of content out on how to break that down or reach out to one of his group members, reach out to us. Because um, mm -hmm. once you understand it, you're adding another tool to your arsenal. So instead of just being like, hey, this is a cash offer, I can only do $100,000. Right. That's right. it. What? <clears throat> one question I think we get a lot too on, on the uh, seller financing is, what contract do you use for seller financing? Like, do you use the regular purchase agreement? And um, the answer is yes, because you, you use that purchase agreement, but you add in the terms that mm -hmm. you had agreed with the seller onto the purchase agreement. So right. um, I think that's, you know, important aspect of, you know, kind of setting that up. Um, with a purchase agreement and a lot of people said you know ask if it's a separate agreement with mm -hmm. um, the seller financing so yeah really really good point and because uh, everybody for the most part if you've been doing wholesaling you have a purchase agreement that you've been working on you would just add um, an additional terms either at the bottom mm -hmm. or some people add it at the top that just breaks down okay so say hey the hundred thousand dollar cash offer doesn't work you're like no uh, Tim's like Hell no. Get out of my face. And I'm like, well, <laughs> hey, listen, you did mention you owned it free and clear. Would you be right. open to uh, receiving a little bit more if you, um, you know, got some of it now and got some of it later? Um, there's different ways you can frame it. I think Pace is, uh, is like, hey, if, if you can give me the price you want, would you give me the terms you want? Like, you know, that's kind of his bar. But mm -hmm. however you feel comfortable saying it, you're basically saying, hey, I, I may be able to offer you more if you're interested. And so that's where it's like you have another option. Um, and that's where you stand out because you kind of can pitch that to the seller. Um, so the seller may be like, well, I really wanted that 120. You'd be like, hey, right. I, can, I can get you that 120 as a cash offer. It's just I, I mean, the one hundred thousand dollars, unfortunately, is the best we can do because of X, Y and Z. But hey, if um, if you're not in a rush to to sell, because there's going to be different situations, that's why it's important to listen to these conversations with the seller, because you'll understand how motivated they really are. If they're not mm -hmm. strapped to cash, or sometimes they want to avoid capital gains tax, meaning, um, you know, if they sell the property um, cash, they're going to receive a nice little tax bill at the end of the, you know, at, uh, you know, come April uh, for what they sold it as. So if you do it seller finance, they're being taxed much less for what they're receiving. So sometimes right. that's also a good um, thing that you want to look out for where you're like, well, Tim, you said that uh, you want to avoid capital gains tax. And this is the best strategy I've found with other sellers. Is that something you're open to discussing? Um, and just kind of leave it open-ended for the seller to um, to listen and mm -hmm. and, um, and understand. And sometimes if they're more savvy sellers, they'll understand. They'll be like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I've, uh, I've done it before. Or like, yes, I've heard of it. Um, yeah, what terms are we talking? 
And mm-hmm. so that's where you can have the conversations of like, um, well, what do you need? You know, in, you know, sometimes they, they may be like 50,000 down or something like that. And on a regular residential deal, it probably doesn't make sense. That's where you're like, okay, well, is right. that how much you need? Um, and that's where you kind of, the negotiation starts where you try to right. like work out, like, uh, you typically don't want to mention the interest rates or down payment. You just want to see like, what do you need? Um, exactly. and they may just be like, just get me that 120, and I'm okay with that. And so then you right. can work with that, check the numbers and then you can be like, cool, well, we, you know, if, if they, they say nothing down, then you can maybe offer the cash buyer, be like, Hey, give me 15,000 down. And mm-hmm. that's usually pretty uh, feasible for a cash buyer. It just depends. Um, so it's really straightforward once you understand that, um, now shifting to subject two, it's a little bit different because, um, there, oh, you got my, my little cat there. You're <laughs> talking about, um, uh, the, when subject two is you actually have the owner who's, who has a mortgage on the property. Um, right. now this is a little bit more complicated and one that, you know, we're, we're all still kind of learning where I, I wouldn't say again, we're experts. That's where like, you know, uh, Pace Morby has a ton mm-hmm. of content when it comes to that, but subject two is only, but it's very similar to seller finance, uh, in a way, but there's more paperwork yeah. involved and there are definitely exactly. more risks involved. You, this is where you really want to have a re- either a really good transaction coordinator or somebody who like is an expert in that or a really strong real estate attorney or, um, title company that understands that. So, um, subject two is when the owner has a mortgage on their property, um, and it could be that they're upside down on it. And that's where, you know, you, you maybe get into short sale. But for the mm-hmm. simplicity's sake, we'll just say, hey, they own they owe um, $50,000 on the property. Um, they don't necessarily they, they want to get out of it. They're, they're done dealing with the property. They don't they're not really they don't really need cash up front or maybe they like everybody's been offering them, you know, $30,000 for the property. Right. But they want, right. you know. They, they're, they're like, I need 70. I need to get something for it. Um, so this is where it's like, hey, we can come in and, and um, give you that price. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll take over your mortgage for you. Um, and so, you know, if it's $70,000, you come at the purchase price and the mortgage is 50. There's $20,000 that you then you can finance uh, or, um, you know, dep- if it's a low amount, you can maybe pay it off cash. But there, if there is some gap there, you can finance that $20,000. So you're like, hey, we'll um, we'll take over your mortgage and uh, that $20,000 will will finance and, and um, right. pay you every month. And usually that's, that's enough, but again, it's, mm-hmm. um, we're very, we're oversimplifying a little bit because it is quite complicated. There, there are risks involved in the, And so it's important, important to understand that and have yeah. those conversations with the sellers and like, Hey, there's the do on sale clause, which is like, Hey, the mortgage company being like, Hey, you need to pay off. You need to pay this mortgage off now. Um, right. right. Or, you know, whatever the, the other risks involved. So it's really important that you're packed with that. So um, my recommendation is to learn one thing at a time. Like obviously you want to focus on wholesaling first, understanding that. But once you grasp that, move to seller finance, get a grasp of that and then move to subject two. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it's just learning little bits at a time. I think for a lot of us, we try to 
juggle everything at once, try to learn wholesaling and then seller finance and then subject to at the same time. Um, I think whatever it is, if you want to start with seller finance first, like go for it. But I think wholesaling in general is like the, the, uh, groundwork, uh, the foundation is that people think they could do a sub two when, um, you know, it's free and clear or vice versa. They want to do. So yeah, they get the two confused sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So I just want to kind of make sure that was clear. Right. Yeah. And it's all, uh, I mean, there's, we can probably go on. There's very various types of uh, exit strategies when it comes Mm -hmm. to creative finance. There's like lease options where, you know, you uh, agree with the, um, like you agree with the tenant to, you know, it's like a rent to buy kind of situation. And that's where you start wrapping and that's where it gets more advanced where it's like, you own the property as like seller finance. Right. And you can wrap that in, to somebody else. So if like I I had an agreement with the seller to um seller finance, I got it from them um and I have tenants in there um or maybe it's vacant, uh, mm-hmm. I can wrap that to um that same um and create terms with another retail buyer possibly who maybe couldn't qualify for a loan because you know they jumped jobs or whatever. I can mm-hmm. wrap that to somebody else um, and ask for a, a larger down payment um, right. and um, higher rents or you know um, monthly payments. Uh, so that's where, and then you're, you're not responsible for the property. You're just collecting the money from the the retail buyers, and then you're paying the seller. So that's a more advanced, um, but also kind of part of the creative finance. Uh, another one that's being talked about too is novation agreement which is again a little bit more complicated so we're not going to like dive deep into like what that looks like uh but that's usually where you like you know either partner up with the seller uh and like and then you can like there's various things you can do you can partner up with the seller uh fix up the property and then put it on the market or Mm -hmm. if the property doesn't need too much you uh work with the seller on a price and then you list it uh do a what do they call it um, a flat fee listing, meaning, mm-hmm. um, you put it like somebody puts it on the MLS for you, uh, right. for a, a flat fee. Um, and then as long as the numbers make sense and you have enough gap, you collect the rest. So, um, there's right. a lot to learn about, and I know it can be really overwhelming for people starting out in, in wholesaling or just getting in, involved in real estate. But like I said, start with one like strategy and work yourself up. Um, and like I said, we're still learning a lot. Um, but in, by watching other people do it or, um, like, you know, reading up on, uh, you know, reading or, you know, books or videos, mm-hmm. um, we become more comfortable. And now it's like, I feel more comfortable offering it. Um, uh, but I'm always just trying to improve and seeing how I can have that. But, uh, maybe we can talk about how we can frame the conversations, um, whether it be seller finance or subject to like how, how we kind of want to transition those, those conversations uh, with the seller so that, again, we, we're giving them options. Because mm-hmm. with, any, with any, like how we work, we like options. When you're only giving me one option, um, I can easily knock that down. Right, like, right. You know, if I'm like, hey, Tim, we can only, um, you know, based off of, you know, our conversation and, and what we're seeing on the market, uh, we'd have to meet you at like $1,000. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I think it's important to frame it um, in a way that makes sense. And, you know, I, I think 
the way we were taught is that we tried to get a number from them on what is comfortable. Um, mm -hmm. It's not going to be a rental basically number. It's going to be something they're comfortable getting a check in the mail for, for, mm -hmm. you know, but it has to make sense with our numbers that we're putting together as well. But, um, and, you know, and that's all about the negotiation part and then framing it the right way because, um, they might not understand what you're trying to do. So you have to frame it right. in a way to where, um, hey, this is a situation where, you know, we you're behind on your, let's say your mortgage. It's a mortgage situation, right? We we can be able to help you if, you know, the cash offer is not um, an option for you. Then what we can do is, you know, we can uh, take over your mortgage payments for you um, and basically pay you out on a certain, let's say in five years or, um, three years or, you know, whatever that balloon payment is, uh, during that time. So we can, uh, make sure that your, all your payments are current, get all your payments current, and then, uh, start paying on a monthly and giving you some money on, on the side as well too. So it, it's definitely on how you frame it and it, it depends on each person's situation as well, too. Sub two might not work for someone that maybe has a reverse mortgage and doing way too much on, on the property than they should. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of situations where it might not work out, but right. you, they're giving them options is the best way to, you know, help the seller out. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and um, I totally recommend too, is like, if you have a lead and you kind of don't know what to do with it, but like, think like there is a creative finance opportunity, like reach out to people. Like I know Pace's group, like they're always, uh, you know, calling each other's leads or um, you like find somebody who's like an expert and being like, mm -hmm. Hey, like the, there is a reverse mortgage here. What, what are some options that I, that we can do? Or like, Hey, let's partner up. Um, let's JB on it. Uh, if, mm -hmm. if you can work something out, uh, like that's, that's okay. As long as, you know, we've kind of done some videos on like what, what that, what that looks like. Um, but it's also kind of as in it, and you learn from them. Like I've, I've, uh, I've learned, I'm doing a subject to deal right now where I'm mm -hmm. wholesaling it to somebody. Um, and I'm learning from the, the buyers, like he, I think he's in, in Pace's group. Um, so he's been kind of taking me under his wing and teaching mm -hmm. me like, all right, your entry costs, um, you want to keep it around 6% um, and right. uh, of the price um, mm -hmm. because you, you know, you just, you just never know what, what sort of things. And so now I'm like, I've learned so much from him that, Hey, if this opportunity comes up again, I'll kind of know what to do, but like, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm not mm -hmm. gonna, you know, my ego is going to be where I'm trying to get as much money from, you know, fr from that, like, Hey, let's partner up um, and work. And now it's like, I've, I've learned a lot from him where it's like, Hey, I can underwrite these deals mm. and, um, you know, partner up with people and like, be like, Hey, Hey, uh, investor, I have this deal. That's all underwritten. I have it under contract. Um, let's partner up. Cause typically if it's a thing where it's like, Hey, I have a lead, I don't have it under contract. Sometimes the buyers will just be like, okay, well, I'll just give you a finder's fee for it. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't have it under contract, that is, uh, if you have it under contract, you obviously have more um, power with it. But like, if right. you're just starting out, like just that's okay. 
like, you know, as long as you know, um, you, you can trust this person, um, and they've done deals and you can, uh, people can vouch for them. Like that's, that's totally fine to, to implement. So, um, you know, I hope from what you guys take from this video is like, you, you don't have to overwhelm yourself, just start off in one, one place and then work your way out, reach out to people in like who are doing those specific deals ask some mm -hmm. questions or, or add value again, always come with value. Like, Hey, I have this lead. Um, this is the seller situation. How can I help? How can I help her out? Or like, let's work together on this. Like always come it from that perspective. Um, right. and then the, the entire details of it, like, I mean, we could have gone into like the balloon payments, uh, amortization schedule. Um, but it's like that, the, like, you know, you're going to learn that stuff as you go. The main mm -hmm. thing is like, how, how can I solve this problem and how can I use creative finance during this recession? So exactly. just to kind of sum up, this is like the going to be the best opportunity right now, because again, you're offering the seller options. The first initial call with the seller, you are gathering as much information on how you can help them. What's their pain right. point? You know, the four pillars, mm -hmm. right? Like motivation, price, um, timeline, uh, and condition. And so once you have that down, you can then like see, okay, like, okay, she owns it free and clear or she right. has a mortgage on it. And then the next call, you always come in from what I've learned. You always come in with a cash offer first. Like you want to always throw that because you just never know. They may say yes, um, but they may be like, everybody keeps low balling me, low, low ball, um, sending me low balls. And you can be like, well, you know, as an investor cash offer, it, it, we are limited to that. Um mm -hmm. But that you did know, you know, I mentioned earlier, but you know, you, you mentioned earlier that you own the property free and clear. Uh, there is another option where we could possibly offer you more and get close to the your asking price. Is that something right. you're interested in? Mm -hmm. Leave it open ended for them to kind of answer and then start the conversation again. It may take two or three tries, but you really want to build a relationship um, with them because for some, they don't understand what that looks like. So you have right. to like educate them in a way of like, okay, what, what should I expect from this? What, what does this look like? Um, you know, uh, well, how can I know you're going to pay me every month? Uh, and that's where it's like, Hey, you know, I think, um, the buyer uses like, Hey, if I was abducted by aliens and something happened, um, you know, like, Hey, the first six months I fixed it up, I fixed up the property. I got tenants in there. We, um, you know, we, uh, we made adjustments, and now you're you're taking over a property that's like in pristine condition and mm -hmm. um, is all ready to go. So you have to be prepared for those objections, um, you because you just never know what what may happen. Um, so once you have that conversation with the seller, you can then uh, understand, you know, what what uh, what you can offer them um, mm -hmm. instead of just being like cash offer. Hey, here, you know what? This is based off your situation. This is what we can do. Right. So. Um, you know, it's just, it's just how you frame it. It takes practice, work on your objections, um, and, you know, focus on one thing at a time. Cause yeah. if you're going to try to add, you know, focus on several things, it's going to take forever or it's not that it's going to take forever, but it's going to, you're not, it's going to take you longer to like mm -hmm. accomplish like, um, a strategy because you're all over the place. Right. Right. And the other suggestion is like, you know, find someone that is, uh, more experienced in that, um, you know, 
seller financing or sub two, join a group, a community um, mm-hmm. that uh, that can support you and walk you through deals or JV like you're doing um, mm-hmm. with um, another investor that has done deals like this. So they mm-hmm. can kind of you can learn from them and you can, you know, um, kind of they can walk you through each process of the deal. So right. um, because learning through experience is one of the best ways to um, to learn and retain the information. So I think, right. um, you know, just by doing, you're going to learn so much. Absolutely. So, uh, we're, yeah, we're at the 32 minute mark. So appreciate you guys tapping in. We hope you got a lot out of it. If there's anything that you, uh, want us to go over, let us know, like drop a comments, um, down below, uh, obviously yes, subscribe, like us on, um, Instagram, uh, YouTube, uh, follow us. Uh, I'm at the real Gladia, uh, at Mr. Tim REI. Uh, and I think our, uh, podcast, uh, IG is get underscore the bag mm-hmm. podcast. So, um, tap in with us or just, I hope if, if, if it's something that you've always been curious about, like reach out to people, if it's not us, reach out to people who are in in the game right now doing it uh pace morby is a good place to start if you want to yep. get into creative Absolutely. finance so um appreciate you guys tuning in again we really hope you we added value and at least kind of um got you thinking in terms of how you can stand out uh because the more options you give the, the more opportunities you have so um thank you for joining us and uh have a great rest of your week and we'll tap in with you guys later all right fam late late <laughs>